A plus to a D and that she needs to get her life together. <laughs> right. She needs to pull it, pull it together. everyone this is alex and this is em welcome to the latest episode of the good the bad the basic this is the podcast for tv lovers movie buffs and binge watchers of all ages on this podcast we'll be discussing what we loved what we hated and what's just a bit problematic about the tv and movies that we're addicted to and do a bit of rewriting where necessary for much more exclusive content become a show producer over on patreon and get access to after the episode outtakes curated playlists movie reviews music video retrospectives and so much more join the gbb family at patreon.com forward slash good bad basic Today we're discussing Global and E's short-lived college drama, The Best Years. The Best Years is a Canadian series set in the U.S., which follows a young woman's journey into womanhood when she is awarded a scholarship to an Ivy League university after having spent the past 10 years in foster care. Our protagonist, Samantha Best, doesn't really have any family when she arrives at college, but soon makes close friendships and even begins to explore romance. So what do we think of this almost forgotten relic of the early 2000s? Stay tuned. Right, everyone here are some details on the on the best years the best years is classified as a drama and it was created by aaron martin it was released from may 22nd 2007 through june 8th 2009 um it aired on the global um in 2007 for the first season and on e in 2009 for the second season um this was in canada the series aired on the n in the u.s the series aired for a total of two seasons and 21 episodes. And The Best Years stars Charity O'Shea as Samantha Best, our protagonist, Randall Edwards as Noah Jensen, Samantha's friend, Jennifer Miller as Katherine Klarner, Samantha's roommate, uh, Brendan J. McLaren as Devin Silver. Um, in season one, he's Samantha's initial love interest. Athena Carcanis as Dawn Vargas. She is the TV star of Bel Air High, which is a fictitious version of Degrassi. And she is a drama major. Uh, Neil Matter as Trent Hamilton, also uh, another one of Samantha's love interests in season, season one and her co-worker. Tommy Lutus as Rich Powell, season two. He's Samantha's love interest. Uh, Nadia Chediar as Poppy Bansell in season two. Michelle Morgan as Robin Crawford in season two. Sherry Miller as Dorothy O'Sullivan, uh, Samantha's benefactress. She's the woman financing Samantha's um, scholarship. Lauren Collins as Alicia O'Sullivan um, in season one and two. Ashley Newberg as Salone McCarthy in season one. Alan Van Sprang as Lee Campbell, season one. Ashley Diane Morris as Shannon Beal in season one. And last but not least, Evan Bouilly as uh, Professor Warren. 
So let's talk about The Best Years, season one, 13 episodes. I will start by saying this is a very strange show. (laughs) Yeah, like the tone of it. So the tone of it is weird because it's like, it feels like it wants to be grown up and then like sometimes it will revert to like, like a weird YA tone. Like it, it feels like it's flipping between the two sometimes. Yeah, it does flip-flop between young adult and new adult, for sure. And I think part of the reason for this is that the producer and creator of The Best Years is the producer and writer of Degrassi, The Next Generation, Aaron Martin. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think it was hard for him to be writing on both shows simultaneously, especially when Degrassi got such a huge head start, right? Um... And also the show wanted to be a drama and I think it really succeeded in season one, but I wasn't really, I was getting comedy drama by season two. I don't know if that was true for you. Yeah. Season two is very like slapsticky, sitcom-y, like a comedy. It like almost something that would like air on like Nickelodeon. Mm -hmm. And that was like, it was, that was weird to me. That threw me off. Yeah, um, so that was weird. I felt it was a completely different show by season two. Um, so this, the series takes place, is set in Boston, Massachusetts at a fictional Ivy League called Charles University. You guys know there's only eight Ivy Leagues. That's not one of them. <laughs> but for in the show, this is an Ivy League university. And um, even though it's set in Massachusetts, and I've never even visited Canada. I knew from episode one that this show was shot in Canada. Right? Like, we, you know, we know. We just know. Canada has an energy. And if you've watched enough Degrassi, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And this show, ironically enough, would air right after Degrassi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the show was filmed in Toronto, Ontario, which is where Degrassi is filmed for the most part. Um and so we have this, the, the, like I said, the premise is super good. You have this foster child, uh, Samantha, who's been a foster kid since she was eight. And she works and works and get the scholarship to go to Charles University, this great Ivy League school. And, you know, it's giving me all of her twists goes to college. It's very <laughs> cute. It's very cute. I like it a lot. And they deal with a lot of intense themes in season one. And I mean intense. Substance abuse, alcoholism. Even, you know, uh, incest and family and sexual abuse within families, like the best years really goes in some of these themes. And it's very similar to Degrassi in that way, right? Degrassi never really shied away from the hard topics. Um, right. I mean, Degrassi, it goes there. I think that was like the the, the marketing for the end. Right. Like if, if it's a show that goes there, it's going to be on the end. And I remember I used to watch these shows in this lineup. It, like, it was Degrassi, The Best Years, um, uh, South of Nowhere, and then Instant Star was the last one, which I didn't watch mm. um, <laughs> until we talked about it. But um, South and South of Nowhere was another show that went there. I think Instant Star was pretty much the only show when you can get past that ridiculous age gap. That was just very, very um, like it wasn't. It wasn't trying to like it was light for the most part, right? It wasn't a super heavy show. Yeah, it's like I mean, it was just about. I mean, it's about a young girl. It was. It's just about a young girl, a young artist trying to figure out what that means with her, her, her artistry and, and herself. 
Right. And if you guys haven't checked out our Instant Star episode, definitely go back through that. It's in our Lights, Camera, Action season. Um, so you can look through our playlist on SoundCloud. Um, but when Samantha gets to Charles University, right, um, she's feeling the sting of being poor and coming from all these um, foster homes. And she really tries to bond with her roommate, Catherine. Um, and Catherine's not the best person. We kind of see the character shifting somewhere in season two. But for the most part, Catherine's not really a good person, not really the best person to... Um, to be around because she is that typical privileged white girl who came to college to um, get laid party and hopefully get a degree somewhere in between. Right. <laughs> you know, like, she's, she reminds me of those, those girls who like, who come from money where like college is really just like, like if you get a degree, that's fine. But like really you're there to find a husband. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're there to find a husband. You're there to experiment. And sometimes, you know, they'll go there to join a sorority so that they can have someone to brunch with in their 30s. <laughs> Basically. Like, that's, that's about it. Um, and But she gets caught up going out with Catherine in the uh, season opener in the pilot. And um, they actually uh, almost get arrested, right? Right. That was a really, really tough episode to watch. Um, but then we're in this episode, we're introduced to Devin Silver, who will be Samantha's primary love interest. He's on the school's basketball team. This actor, I recognize him immediately because uh, he was one of the supporting characters from that Amanda Vines movie. She's the man. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, he's very familiar. He's, he's been in a bunch of stuff. He's one of those dudes. Every movie that's shot in Canada and has like, and an athletic, uh, af athletics, any type of sport in the scenario, he's the black Canadian guy that they cast. Yeah, he's he's definitely on the he's at the top of the 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 sort of call list of like we need some people to do this thing. Right. So anyway, uh, Samantha basically apologizes uh, and well confesses about her hands and these ongoings with Catherine, and Catherine retaliates with a noise war which might be the most juvenile thing i've ever heard of in my life and she starts calling samantha a narc and basically steamrolls her reputation before she has a chance to get to know anybody else um on the other on the flip side we have uh cynthia who um, Samantha meets at a dorm party, who's a really shy girl, but there's a lot going on with Cynthia underneath the surface and it gets really dark really fast. And then there's Dawn, who, like I said, it's the show makes it clear that she was on a version of Degrassi, right? And she's a drama major and no one really takes her seriously because they don't consider that TV show she was on to be, you know, real acting, high caliber acting. But she right. actually gets the role of Lady Macbeth and she really starts to prove her own as an actress that like, you know, this isn't something that I did on this little tween show. I'm really serious about this. This is what I want as a career. Right, right, right. So she's definitely, you know, that typical person that goes to college to prove something. We've got those types. Uh, I think she and Samantha both, honestly, um, although what they're trying to prove are two different things. But they're really, really hungry for a type of success. Um, 
Captain just came here to party. Um, and Cynthia character is really just trying to get away from her family because her family is very abusive. Right. Right. And so, and that's, um, that's definitely like the best years. So take us through like, what were some like story highlights like for you? Oof. Um, and I forget what episode this was, but the episode where Samantha realizes that Cynthia was being sexually abused by her father um, was a heavy one. Really, really heavy. This subject matter is almost never tackled on television and rarely in that particular age bracket. I think people like to think that child abuse or incest is something that like begins and ends at certain ages, that adults, legal adults, wouldn't still be dealing with that. Um, that was a hard episode to watch, but I think it was fairly well done. Um, the romance or the dalliance between Sam and Trent is interesting too, because she has this boyfriend, Devin, and he's very stable and he's very steady. But then you have her coworker, Trent, who's very attractive, but also battles with a substance abuse problem. That's not good. And of course, things with Don are very tense because Don also likes Devin. Um, right. But that's kind of like the highlight of the highlights of season one. You have these major, major themes. And for the most part, it's just college kids adjusting to college life. The show's not trying to take um, too many leaps outside of the norm. You know, they, I don't think they want to be too polarizing. But yeah, by the end of the season, Catherine, who actually is very smart, realizes that she went from a A plus to a D and that she needs to get her life together. <laughs> right. She needs to pull it, pull it together. Um, I really loved, Oh, something that I, on the show that I really loved actually was who's the girl, the, like the biracial girl who is the actress. Dawn. Yeah. Dawn. Something that I really loved was like when Dawn shows up to act in class the first day and she is like taken out by those like mats and like the, the warm up Cause that is, that's exactly how it is. <laughs> As a, I didn't a, know that. Yes, as a former drama acting, as a former acting major. Um, uh, well, not former because, like, yeah, I, that's the theater. But um, as an acting major, that is exactly how it is when you go to acting class. You have like the yoga mats, and like you do all this weird shit, and you have to like set your intention and warm up and all that stuff. And and it is like a, it is a big shock. It, it wasn't for me because I had come from like a, I'd come from a performing arts high school that was like that taught uh, at the college level, essentially in terms of arts, like we had conservatory style training, but like it was, you know, like basically all the kids from basically everywhere else who sort of gets into school. It's, it is like, it's a super, it's a big like culture shock when they come in and they're like, oh, like I have to dress for like class and like <laughs> being like dowdy clothes and be prepared to like run in sweat and do a bunch of bum shit right right and I mean it is a learn. <coughs> I'm sorry it's a learning curve for Athena as well but she shuts up her naysayers in a major way and um she gets the part of Lady Macbeth and she bodies it on opening night yeah she does she does she does it she she does it big and I, and I really, I guess I really, cause I was just so familiar with that 
um, storyline, like, or I guess familiar with that world, I really enjoyed it definitively. Right, right. And we got to know a little bit more about Sam's benefactress, um, Dorothy O'Sullivan. Um, gosh, did I miss this highlight? Yeah, I think I did. Another huge highlight of season one is that we meet Samantha's uncle. So a lot of times when people are in foster care, people who've never been in foster care assume that they have no family. But this isn't necessarily true. Most people in foster care do have family, and Samantha's one of them. Her parents died when she was eight, and she had an uncle, um, uh, you know, one of her parents' younger brother. And, you know, he was, what, in his, like, early 20s when the parents died? And he wasn't really trying to raise a kid, and that's why she went into the system. And then he, he shows up in, like, season one, her uncle Patrick, to try to make amends. And that was weird. Because of course he had an ulterior motive. Of course he would. Um, he's has he has a health issue and he needs her help. But that I also thought was a really really cool storyline as well. Of like, how do you forgive someone who basically turned their back on you and abandoned you? Right. Um, yeah. This this first season is doing a lot. Like you said, it's doing a lot of really grown up shit. Um. Even though, and it's it, it's doing grown up shit, and it's selling it for the most part. Considering that, like, you know, when you watch the show, it's clear that the budget is like non-existent, <laughs> and um, these actors, I think, are handling the material as best as they can, can at least, um, and trying to really give it like some grounding and gravitas. The grounding and gravitas, I think, it deserves. Oh, I knew the budget was low because I saw Samantha in the same outfit at least five of these 13 episodes. They were down bad. Um, See, but like, I actually, well, I will say to that, I liked, I actually liked that because I think it spoke to like her, her money situation. Right. Um, But you know, TV never really lets poor people be poor. Like the family from Malcolm in the Middle was the only other time I've ever seen them let poor people be poor. (laughs) Um, so I would say, like, that's one detail that I actually really liked, and I wish, like, more people would do, because I think that's very real. Like, yeah, like, you, you're not, you don't have money to constantly buy clothes, so, like, you recycle outfits, or you recycle clothes, or, and if you're, um, I don't know, like, who's a lot, don't, like, hate me, but, like, the last person, like, Mariah Carey talked about how she would, when she was just starting out, like, she didn't have any money, so, like, she had she said she had like three shirts to her name but by god like she knew how to recycle all three and she would do this and she would like um and she would borrow her friends' clothes a lot she would say and i'm mm-hmm. like yeah i need more of that energy like in these shows. yo bring back borrowing stuff from your friend's closet maybe we don't always have to go to shein every time we need a t-shirt <laughs> i don't know it's weird it's just is really weird. People having so many clothes that they don't know what they have or their stuff in their closet they haven't seen in years, that is also very, very alarming. Yeah, that's real, like, privilege, like, rich energy. So that was a detail, I, like I said, I, I really liked. But um, but other, but you can just, I don't know, you can tell. You can tell by the way the camera moves, the way it looks. It's, it's just, you know, they're, they're doing a lot with a little. And... You know, at least those... Also, this hair took me out. 
Samantha's hair. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but who was responsible for that decision? Um, also, like, the her roommate, the blonde. The two blondes. Uh, yeah, Catherine's haircut. Yeah. Catherine, um, that was... That was, I mean, Catherine's haircut makes sense because it's very clear that the actress who plays her has very, very fine hair. And if they didn't cut her hair like that to give it some volume, she'd probably look bald. Probably. So that makes sense to me. Charity O'Shea's hair, I don't get it. Like, the only person whose hair looked good on that show was Athena Karkanis, who plays Dawn. Oh, yeah. Dawn has great hair. Like, everybody else, I don't know what the decision was. Um, I can only assume it's because (laughs) Cherry O'Shea and I are the same age. Um, and she was already what? Yeah, no, she's two years older than me. So she was already like, I don't know, 25 at this time. Mm -hmm. And they were trying to like make her look fresh out of high school. And that was the reason. I really don't know. But I feel like that's probably the reason. Probably. That that because she went accurate. on like right after the best years ended, she went on to be to play a divorcee in the VH1 show Single Ladies. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. Um so season one ends. Um there was a like a, a bunch of will they won't they in the best years. Um, between Samantha, Trent, and Devin, and she eventually chooses uh, Trent, um, but then uh, leaves him for this guy, Bo. Um, so, um, season one, good, bad, or basic? Season one to me is like, I would say, like, I'll give it a a basic plus. Like, I do, like, it's trying to reach for something, and I think. Like, I think it, like, some of these, like, really intense plot lines, I think it goes through them a bit too quickly. But it's reaching for something, and it's almost nailing it, kind of, kind of not. And, and, but yeah, I, I, but I still like it. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give that, give it the same grade. I'll give it a good plus. Um, and all the same reasons you stated. I have nothing else to add. Um, so we come into season two, which is the last season of the best years. These seasons were, were, there was like, uh, an eight month gap in between season one ending and season two beginning production. And this is actually reflected in the show. Like there's an eight month gap, uh, to South America. Um, when then Sam comes back to Charles university for her second year, um, uh, Dorothy welcomes Samantha back to school and gives her her scholarship again on the condition that Samantha be roomies with her daughter, Alicia. And Alicia is a problem and a half. A problem and a half. Samantha is dealing with more sorority issues. In season one, she tried to rush a sorority and she actually pawned her mother's wedding ring to get a dress, to go to the sorority. Because that's a chokehold that Greek life has us in, you guys. It really does. Like, Greek life gets expensive really fast. Um, And there's another sorority, this one, Gamma Kappa Nu, um, that doesn't really like Alicia, and she's she they, they want to make her the victim of a frat prank. Um, 
Sam's English teacher um, is he's making her reevaluate her relationship with her current boyfriend, Rich. Honestly, Samantha has the worst taste in boyfriends. Devin <laughs> was the best of the bunch and he wasn't that great. He just wasn't. Yeah, then we bring okay. Robin into the situation. So Robin starts dating Noah, who we met in season one. And that's when Kat realizes that she likes Noah. And then halfway through the season, or towards the end of the season, she realizes it's not Noah that she wanted, it's Robin. So they were teasing us with a little, they were queer baiting us just a little bit in season two. Right. Just a little bit. Um, and it's interesting because season two has like significantly less episodes than season one. In season one, we get like this 13 episode season, and then season two is just eight. Yeah, we get eight episodes. We get all these new people: Robbie, po- Robin, Poppy, Rich, um, Dell, um, that that weren't there in season one even. And it's like, why are you trying to push all these? Like, it didn't feel weird because it's just so many new people, not just one, right? But we we don't have the bandwidth to care about these people in eight episodes. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. It's it watching it it really felt like obviously i don't know i couldn't find i was trying to do some reading but i couldn't but like i don't have lexus nexus or anything so i couldn't quite find what had happened but it feels like watching it it feels like the n or the network or global whoever is in charge of i don't know how canada's stuff works i assume it's similar to the u.s but um it feels like somebody at the network some higher up was like you've got to change this shit like i don't know what this is but you've got to make it more like degrassi or Mm -hmm. like like they like they like the numbers for season one came back and the numbers were not good and then the exec was like okay well like degrassi's a hit so you need to just make it more like degrassi and however you do that do it and and they were like and and not even a however you think you can do it do it but like oh well Degrassi has new people so we're like we're putting new people and you know Degrassi does this so we're gonna do this like that's what it felt like right I think they really were trying to be like the college version of Degrassi in season two and whilst in some ways I thought it was cute because it made the show lighter I don't think that it was necessarily better same. And I think, I I mean, to me, the biggest axe is that, and I mean, I think this is the biggest um, thing that you can ever do and always do is that ultimately it became a completely different show, which to me is like the biggest no-no. It's like the biggest no-no. Yeah. I've never seen any show take, take this on in a good way where you change the feeling and you change the atmosphere um in that way without you know i feel almost alienating your audience to an extent yeah like i feel like the show always suffers like i feel like people have made this gambit but people make this gambit it never works out i've never seen it work out like being mary jane did this right in that final season Mm -hmm. where it felt like a completely different show um and it and it was and it was for the worse it was for the de- to the, it was to the detriment of the show 
uh, Agent Carter did this in its second season, did like a completely mm-hmm. different, and it did not, it also did not help or fix any of the problems. And it's the same thing here with the best years. Like they try it, but it it's not, it's not working out. It's not fixing the problems. Yeah, I agree with that. It doesn't fix the problems. It's cute. It 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 teases to a lot of really go- cool things like, you know, cat's bisexuality, uh, Samantha's relationship with Rich, Noah's relationship with Robin, Don's growth as an actress, um, Alicia and Sam's potential friendship, right? There's a lot of great stuff here, but it does feel like a different show. And there's just not enough time to explore in one season. What are you, what were y'all doing? Right, like, what were y'all doing? What's going on? Um, and this is why this show came and went as quickly as it did. Like, I remember watching The Best Years, and I had, like, one other friend who was also watching The Best Years. And once it was off air... I have yet to meet another person who watched the show while it was airing. Right. Or even heard of the show. I mean, <laughs> yeah, because when you put on the list, I was like, I've never even heard of this show. And I thought I knew all the <laughs> the, the Canada Doc, Canada, like, <laughs> stuff. And I was like, what was this? <laughs> but it was yep, interesting. It was the same time period. And it's crazy. Because sometimes... When you're watching a show, you know it's going to be iconic and you know it's going to live on in memory for a long time. Um, I guess from this season, Felicity would be that show. I knew while I was watching it that people would be talking about this show for at least the next 10 years. But there's some stuff you watch it and you know, like, this is something that exists in this moment and it will never exist again. And the best years is that. (laughs) Which is unfortunate because, like, I think... And there are some things that come and go, like... But I think... If when they're really well done, they like live on in your memory somehow. Because for me, Instant Star is like that. Mm-hmm. I remember instant feeling like Instant Star really nailed like the music portion of it, and that's why Instant Star sort of lives on in my memory because they really nailed like I think the music in the show, and they nailed like having music in a show, but it not being a musical necessarily. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. And, like, also, and and then from our college season, I think Greek is also one of those shows. Like, they nailed it, and that's why it, it sort of lives on in that way. Yeah, Greek is streaming everywhere. Yeah. They love that show. I had never, I never, I, and here's the thing. That's one of those shows where, even though I didn't watch it, Greek was everywhere. It was a huge hit while it was out. I knew that the show was on. I knew that it had a huge fan base. I knew the kids were going wild for Greek. Like, the best years is a show that many people miss. Like, they never even heard, saw it advertised. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate that. That's so sad when, like, the marketing doesn't, um, the marketing push isn't that great. Uh, R.I.P. R- 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 to Betty, by the way, on HBO. Um, no, I had its second season. No, but that, they just can't. Already... They just canceled it. Oh, right, right, right. Um, yeah, that show needed better marketing. The best years needed better marketing. Although with Betty, honestly, I think it ended on a good note. Like I couldn't see the show going on for four, even another a third season. I think they've they've addressed everything that could have been addressed. I'm not mad at the show being canceled, honestly. 
I'm really not. Um, shout out to Everything Sucks on Netflix. Y'all really cut the plug just when things started getting good. Shout out to Sensei on Netflix. They deserved better. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are they paying y'all to, the marketing people to do if y'all are not marketing is the question. Right? That is the big question. What are y'all doing? Mm. I don't know, but um, I'm going to give the season two of, of of Best Years a good minus. What about you? Good, bad, or basic? Season two, just because of, like, the hardcore, I'm going to give it a basic minus. Like, just because of the hardcore tonal change. I was like, because then, then it was, like, trying to be funny. I was like, what is going on? This is not it. And, like, you know me. I hate new people. You just, you know I hate new people. I'm just like, what is Yeah, this? same, same. No new people. Hashtag stay away from me. Um, uh, and not even just like, and like, I don't mind new people if like, we're completely resetting and it's, it's, it's just all new people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't mind that. Like, I truly don't. Oh, like it, Skins did. Yeah, like, like I every mean. Like, two seasons you had new people. Yeah, you had new people. Like, that's fine. Okay, fine. Although, I'm very attached to, like, Skins Generation 1, but, like, uh, yeah, like, I get that, if that's the the issue, but, um, you can't just be, you can't, I hate it when it's, like, half of the old people and then, like, a bunch of new people, it's like, ugh. I mean, that's what they do at college, I guess, meet new people, but we don't care. We don't care. You're a TV show, you can't be too realistic. Yeah, you can't, it, real, too, like, the, and there's a way to do that. I feel like a lot of, I feel like a lot of the college shows we've watched, I think Greek handled this really well, of, like, introducing newer people. Yeah. Or, or like, doing this thing of, like, this, you meet new people or you meet different people. Like, I think Greek, Greek handled that really well, but, um... Yeah, this, I don't know, this just wasn't it. But shout out to the best years. Shout out to those actresses. Um, Particularly the actress who played Dawn and the actor who plays uh, the love interest in the first season. Uh, The one who plays Trent? Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was very good. Um, Yeah, Trent was played by um, Neil Matter and Dawn Vargas was played by Athena Karkanis. Um, I, I guess she's part Greek. Yeah, those um, those actors definitely live on like them along with I think the Degrassi cast are definitely like Canadian royalty in my mind. Uh, mm. So and I love them and and I know um and I definitely want to see them prosper still. I I think they, I think a couple have like I don't know of a bunch who have like really transitioned over into like yeah, but um. But I love them when I see them. I get really excited. I do too. Oh, and you know who else? Um, a Mark Taylor, everyone's favorite grandpa from Seventeen again. Mm-hmm. I really feel like he, if he had moved to Hollywood, he'd have a different career. But there's something about him that that seems so genuine and sincere. Uh, maybe that town would have corrupted him. I don't know. I was about to say, yeah. Like, I, I could definitely see Mark Taylor having... Uh, a huge career, but um, but listen, I love him in these Netflix uh Christmas movies, honey. Like, girl, I be living. The best years the best was cute years, though. It's a good show, and I don't like reboots, 
But someone really needs to scrap this entire show and do it from scratch. I was about to say, like, I like you. I'm with you. I like reboots in the case of, like, where the original was bad or, like, not that great. And this is completely underdeveloped. Yeah. And this is this is that. (laughs) Like, so. So it's time. I don't think we'll be stepping on anyone's toes or anyone's fond memories if we give the show another another shot. Like, I don't think we could really do Felicity like that. Like, give us another college girl who's not a stalker and we can make that work. But you could give us the exact same premise of the best years and with the right writers and the right showrunner, it could be a hit. Same. I definitely think, like, the best years is a show... That, like, if you're doing a college show, you're it's definitely something to look at, to, like, pull stuff from. Like, to pull ideas from. Right. Right. I mean, and there's a lot of great material here. We don't have a lot of com- college dramas. And I don't remember the last time I watched any show where the protagonist was in foster care. Yeah. So that's interesting. So that's really interesting. I like that idea. Right, like, put her in a real Ivy League, like maybe Columbia or something, and give us the best years all over again. And there you have it, folks. This is everything that made the best years good, bad, basic, and charming. If you'd like to check out this series, The Best Years is currently streaming on some very unofficial YouTube channels. Um, Yeah, and if you're in Canada, like it is streaming on Amazon, Amazon and Amazon Prime. Um, If you've enjoyed this episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic, be sure to share with your friends. Tune in next week as we keep the season going with our discussion of NBC's legendary Black college sitcom, A Different World. A Different World is currently streaming on Amazon Prime and on HBO Max. So go refresh your memory. You don't want to miss out on this conversation. The Good, The Bad, The Basic is streaming on all major podcast platforms, so be sure to tune into our regular weekly episodes on the go. Leave us a review on your preferred platform, and be sure to share our weekly episodes on your your social media. Please follow us at the Good Bad Basic on Twitter and at Good Bad Basic Pod on Instagram to get in on our daily content. Also, be sure to follow our SoundCloud page, The Good, The Bad, The Basic, where all of our weekly episodes debut. If you love this sort of content and want more, become a show producer and patron over on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash good bad basic your support allows us to keep bringing you our regular weekly episodes as well as exclusive bonus material until next time bye everyone